Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And today we're talking about our zits. Yeah, ours. Just ours. Only the zits on the faces of Kristen and Caroline. Yeah, so I know you've all been waiting for this. So strap on your seatbelts. Get ready for a wild ride as we just complain about how we are women in our 30s who break out. Here's the thing, too, about this whole being women in our 30s breaking out. Is that no one warned us yeah. oh, about no. adult acne? No, they did not. No, I was... I still, at 32, I am still fully under the impression, even though I am a woman in my 30s with acne, I'm still fully under the impression that acne is nothing but a thing that adolescents suffer from, and then you get to overcome it, and then you come out the other side with beautiful, clear skin, and you live happily ever after. And maybe you do live happily ever after, but you might also have acne at the same time. It's all been such a lie. It's yes, my whole life is a lie. Disney movies and acne. Someone make a Pixar film out of that. Oh yeah. Oh, that's so sad. Can someone anthropomorphize my hormonal <laughs> acne, please? That hangs out on my jawline. Yeah, these two on my cheeks. I never so it's really weird and, and we'll get into it more in the episode, which is not gonna just be us complaining, I promise. But I have two giant ones on my cheek right now, which is crazy because when I was younger, even when I was going through puberty, I never, ever, ever broke out on my cheeks, ever, only ever broke out in the T-zone. And so now that I am in my 30s and I have an IUD, I am breaking out in like the strangest, most awful places. And I hate it. Well, and and the whole thing about adult acne is how it is so different, like you mentioned, from the acne that we experience in adolescence in our teen years. And doctors are still puzzled yeah. by the whole thing. But you know what would be really nice is if people could start warning us at an earlier age that yeah. this is part of 
growing up. Acne is a fact not just of middle school and high school, but <laughs> you're what what are we in school now? Uh work school or in career grunt, school. Run up school. I don't know. School. It's the worst. Uh so let's talk about adult acne. And obviously we're gonna focus on adult acne in women because ladies, if you suspected it, it's true. It is more likely to happen to us. And if you are also suspecting that that has to do with hormones, you are probably correct, as we will talk about. But here's the thing. And let this be a comfort to all of you out there, like Caroline and me, who are juggling all sorts of retin-A creams and moisturizers and clendomycin, lotions in the morning and potions at night, that acne is a fact of life for grown-ass ladies. (laughs) That's right. And maybe it's stress, maybe it's pollution, maybe it's a food sensitivity or something, maybe you're touching your face too much. But like Kristen said, like people just aren't really sure why? And of course, hormones, too. We'll talk about hormones. We've got to talk about hormones. But you're in good company. So there was a 2012 study in the Journal of Women's Health uh, that looked at nearly 3,000 women between the ages of 10 and 70. Pause. Newsflash. My mother, who is 67. How old am I now? Yeah, she's 67. She gets the occasional zit, too. Wow. Just prepare yourselves. Anyway, they looked at all these women between 10 and 70 and found that more than a quarter, 27%, had clinical acne, while an additional 29% had mild acne. Yeah, and if we break down those ages, this gave me more comfort as well. Within that group of 3,000 women, 45% of those between 21 and 30 had clinical acne. 26% of women... 31 to 40 had clinical acne. And yeah, 12% of women, 41 to 50 also had clinical acne. So it doesn't necessarily disappear mm-hmm. as we get older. Yeah. And the luck keeps on coming. Uh, women are far more likely than men to have adult acne. Uh, the study found that a disproportionate number of women develop adult acne compared to men. So that's comforting or not. I don't know. But you're in good company. Yeah. And there are two primary types of acne. You'll either have continuing acne, which is the stuff that started in puberty and just won't leave you alone, or late onset, which is adult acne that just arrives after you've, you know, finally gotten old enough to like drink, you can rent a car, <laughs> you can do everything. <laughs> and then acne comes to knock and is like, oh, hey. Hey, since you're all grown up now, I'm also going to move in here. Just going to plant myself yeah. right on either side of your chin uh, for like a week every month. And uh, just don't mind me. No big deal. Well, yeah. And then it just once it's moved in, it gets comfortable and won't, you know, try to be adventurous and find something else to do with its time. And so adult onset acne, this this late onset stuff is actually most common among menopausal women. So just so many things to look forward to. Yeah, and there are all sorts of hormone-related issues that are really common in women that can be related to acne or promote acne as well, such as it being a common side effect, a polycystic ovarian syndrome, which we'll come back to because PCOS was actually helpful for doctors determining more effective treatments for adult acne because it is such a a prominent symptom of that. And we looked into whether acne shifts depending on 
ethnicity and really across the board, it just happens. Now, there, there are questions as to whether it is as proportional a problem for, say, our, our pasty white Caucasian skin as it is for people of color, because there does seem to be a little bit of a variation. But if you're looking at dermatological issues, it's the number one thing, regardless of where you are in the world, that uh, people have treated. Yeah. And of course, once you have dealt with acne, that's not like the end. That's not the end of the equation. No, you have to deal with something called post-inflammatory pigmentation, which is those red spots that can linger for months or even years after your pimples go away. And the degree to which you suffer from this is genetic. You can make it worse by squeezing or picking at those pimples. In the highest rates, though, you know, we talked, Krista mentioned uh, cross-ethnic rates of of acne and adult acne. Um, the higher rates of this post-inflammatory pigmentation are found among people of color. And generally speaking, when it comes to adult acne, as opposed to the acne we develop around puberty, it does tend to land in different places. So you'll find adult acne on places like the jawline, the chin, and the neck. Compa- yeah, just just look at my face. <laughs> yeah, that's where it is, Kristen. By the way, listeners, Caroline is not riddled with tits. So she is making herself out to be. She always has a lovely complexion. <laughs> riddled with tits. Uh, yes, my this broadcast is brought to you by Makeup Forever. Thanks. That'll be... If, if you guys just want to send me a check to make up for all of the concealer I buy, that would be great. And so that jawline, chin, and neck placement that you find with adult acne is compared with teenage acne, which tends to pop up on the forehead, the cheeks, and the nose. I really, I'm so grateful that I don't get like nose stuff like I did as a teenager. Yeah, so there's a plus side. <laughs> it's at least you from the nose. If you've got to have it. Yeah, it's migrated. It's gone south to my chin. Well, what I've learned, though about treating adult acne and, and our migrating blackheads and pimples is that the go-to Accutane treatment, mm-hmm. uh, which is Accutane is the brand name for isoretinoin, it only is effective on that teenage acne. Yeah. And this is coming from a fantastic article on adult acne over at Racked Magazine. Um, and doctors aren't entirely sure why Accutane is only temporarily relieves adult acne, but <laughs> surprise, it's, I mean, it, that only goes to show how it is such a different beast. And that's another thing that scientists are still figuring out, like how, wait, why, why is this changing? They know that it probably has something to do with hormones because hormones are the culprit for all of our acne. I mean, calling it hormonal acne is a little bit of a misnomer because, I mean, It's the fuel of all of our pimples, really. Yeah, but because it gets that tag because some of our adult acne responds better to birth control and other like specifically hormonal medications better, hence the name. But there definitely is a lot more to it than just hormones. Although, of course, as Kristen said, hormones are at the root of all this stuff. Uh, So she mentioned, Kristen mentioned the RACT article that we read. It was very super informative and we recommend that you read it. It should be over in our source post on stuffmomnevertoldyou.com. But there's, it's gross. I mean, there's a lot of gross stuff when it comes to getting pimples and it's unavoidable. It's your skin. It's turning on you. So should we talk then about just how a pimple forms, regardless of how old you are? This is what happens when a zit moves in. (laughs) 
With its little suitcase. Yes, its little white suitcase. <laughs> little jaunty hat. Mm-hmm. Hello. And we're like, God, again? Oh, that's just me. All the time. Uh, so anyway, you've got your hormones that are blowing up during puberty, and that stimulates the glands in your skin to pump out more oil or sebum, which I don't know. To me, that's a gross word. I don't know if it is because of the connection in my brain with pimples, but I just automatically think sebum and gross. Anyway, so you've got your skin pumping out more oil, but then when dirt, skin flakes, or makeup clogs those pores, that extra sebum gets locked in the hair follicle. So if that pesiole sebum clogging up your pore does not have any contact with air, then it's going to stay white and you have a white head. Okay, mm. cool. But then if the top of the pore remains open and air does come in contact with it, then the sebum turns dark, which is kind of a horrifying chemical process yeah, to oh, think about. For sure. All of this is horrifying. <laughs> yes. And of course, the result is a blackhead. But we haven't even gotten to zits yet, because in order for a zit or pimple, whatever your preferred label is, in order for one of those to happen, you need a bacteria called Propionibacterium, which sounds like a friendly Italian little bacterium. <laughs> so now I'm imagining the uh, the pimple that previously had the little jaunty hat in the suitcase. Now it now it's on a Vespa. Is it wearing a little uh, striped shirt? Yes, and, neck? It, and it's riding up saying, ciao. Yes, I did just steal an Eddie Izzard joke for our pimple episode. You're welcome. Well, our Vespa writing, Propiobacterium acnes, lives on the skin surface. And it like rides a little Vespa mm-hmm. up to that clogged pore. And it's like, oh, hey, you know what I really like to eat for lunch? Not a pizza or a pasta, but the sebum sitting around in that clogged pore. Yeah, so instead of eating the pizza, it's just sucking up the grease on the pizza. Exactly. And I'm making myself sick. Uh, But I'm kind of enjoying the fact that we're we're now illustrating all this with pizza. And Italians. (laughs) Sorry. Our apologies. Our our Italian listeners are are very frustrated right now. Um, But that bacteria, the propioni... Bacterium acnes is what leads to infection, causing the skin to get red and painful, and leads to the full-blown pimple. So basically zits happen because our pores get clogged, and then our skin bacteria has a feast. Oh, God. I, Caroline, I didn't know you were so grossed out by sebum. Oh, come on. You know what it is. You know what I bet it is. What is it? Do you remember? What is it? Remember a long time ago when we did that episode on uh, vagina dentata? Yes. And in it, we explained, because, you know, we explained all of the mythology behind, like, why people are so afraid of vaginas and teeth and, like, getting their penises chopped off in the vagina. And then we talked about the actual medically proven times that people find teeth in other parts of the body. Yes. And it's always accompanied by like when you when you do hear these stories of like teeth or hair or whatever ugh, being found in like a cyst, it's always accompanied by um sebaceous glands, sebaceous oil, sebum. Ugh. Oh. Yeah, I uh, I'm glad I haven't eaten yet, honestly. I just think a little butter pats. Ah. Oh. In our skin. Is that not helping? <laughs> no, and now I, no, I don't know if I can eat butter again, which is probably good. I am lactose sensitive. Zits are just little butter buckets, Caroline. Oh, God. That's actually like a really cute term of endearment. Hey, my little butter bucket. And not anymore. Yeah, I know. We just ruined that for <laughs> me. Calling your boyfriend an acne face. <laughs> uh, so that though is how 
zits happen. But let's zero in on this hormonal factor, because this really does seem to be the key when it comes to this acne that tends to follow ladies' faces around for essentially the rest of our lives, because what's happening to feed that sebum production that can clog your pores and cause your little butter buckets (laughs) to fill up is not estrogen. No, 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 friends. Estrogen, actually kind of a rad hormone in a lot of ways. What's going on is a surge of androgens, which is the class of neurochemicals that includes testosterone. Well, the thing about androgens, too, though, is that they can alter the development of skin cells around the hair follicles in the skin. And it seems like androgens really just sort of amp up that whole zit forming process that we just walked you through, um, because the skin cells on your face that would normally shed and just blow away like dust in the wind. Is that song in everybody's head now? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, they, they end up becoming abnormally sticky and they end up clogging up the hair follicle. So everybody, like, I just heard the hum of a thousand clarisonic brushes going. Um, you also, thanks to androgens, get an increased amount of that propionibacterium acnes. Sorry, Italians. Uh, and of course, more skin inflammation. And it's worth noting that androgens are present in men and women alike. And a majority of women with acne have normal androgen levels, but with pretty much every dermatological source we read for this podcast, it recommended that if you're experiencing adult acne and you're a woman, then hormone testing is recommended, especially if you have acne accompanied by things like excessive uh, facial or body hair, deepening voice, irregular periods, and all that jazz. And it made me wonder why my dermatologist has never recommended any hormone testing? Yeah, I wonder that too. But like Kristen said, it doesn't mean that you necessarily have so many androgens. You really just could be that sensitive to normal levels of androgens. I'm actually pretty, speaking of hormone testing, I'm actually pretty interested. I'm, I'm going to a new endocrinologist at the end of December to talk to her about my Hashimoto's thyroiditis, uh, which essentially causes all sorts of hormone wackiness because it slows your thyroid down, which is part of the endocrine system. And so I will be interested to see if she thinks testing along those lines will be helpful and if she thinks that my endocrine system could be having some sort of negative effects on my skin or if I should just stop rubbing bacon on it. That could be a thing, too. Oh, the bacon treatment's not working. It's not clearing things up. No, well, you know, a lot of people on the Internet recommend coconut oil, and I was just like... I just, you know, I like bacon, so... Because then you can eat it afterwards. Right, then you can make a snack. That's very efficient. Yeah, I don't actually like coconut, so went right for the bacon. Well, and speaking of androgens, we should also mention that this helps explain why some trans men undergoing testosterone therapy may develop mild to severe acne. There was um, an article about this in Live Science not too long ago because there are now more studies being conducted. Um, and the doctors found that a lot of times testosterone therapy-related acne will lessen after six months. But within the study, they were looking at um, trans men who had had a really, really hard time with 
major acne flare-ups that weren't going away. But the good news is, is that uh, as the Life Science article underscored, a majority of the trans men in this study didn't have any trouble with acne at all. But if you are having issues with acne, then it's those those androgens and their sebum scalawagging to I, blame. Yeah, that that's a thing. I hate that. Sebum scalawagging? Yeah. And of course, when it comes to hormonal acne, we probably think about our periods. It's very common for women to develop acne as a side effect of, say, PMS in the time leading up to menstruation. And yes, indeed, pimples do happen when your period is a coming. Oh, yeah. But that's not the only, like, hormonal fluctuation that many women experience that can lead to acne. Because it's like, basically, when it comes to hormones and acne, we are not going to get a break, really, ever. Because <laughs> during our reproductive years, periods will lead to regular flare-ups for a lot of women. Mm-hmm. But then even when you're not having a period, because, say, you're pregnant... That doesn't guarantee that your acne will go away either. Yeah, it's a total crapshoot. If you are expecting, uh, it's it's totally random whether you will end up with glowing, that pregnancy glow, you know, that everyone talks about, mm. uh, or pimples, or absolutely no skin changes. And it's seriously between those three, it's it's an equal opportunity. Like you're going to get zits or not, or have a glow or not. But it's worth mentioning that ret- retinoids, things like Accutane, Retin-A, those are off the table if you are pregnant or breastfeeding. They are not good for the baby. And as we mentioned, even after our reproductive years pass and we enter into perimenopause, acne comes back around again because during that period, our estrogen drops, but the androgen levels stay the same. So estrogen actually helps, I guess, kind of regulate our sebum production a little bit more. But yeah, estrogen's the bouncer. Yeah. Thanks a lot, estrogen. That's the thing. I feel like estrogen gets such a bad rap all the time. Whereas, you know what, androgens, not to point any fingers at any hormones. But she is literally pointing a finger. But I'm pointing a finger to the corner of this <laughs> recording studio. Through the androgens hang out. Yes, yeah, I'm assuming. With their hats and their Vespas. Yeah. They're, I imagine they're all like clumped together, like looking over their shoulders at you, like sadly revving their little Vespa engines. They got little packs of cigarettes rolled up in their shirt sleeves, those androgens. Um, so, yeah, acne happens for a lot of women during menopause as well. So have have we depressed all of our listeners at this point? (laughs) I don't know. No, you know what? I bet there's like a whole slew of y'all out there who are like, what are they talking about? Because they are the lucky few who either like they went through the hormonal stuff when they were in puberty and they are in the clear now, like literally clear skin now, uh, Or maybe they have not had acne. Maybe it hasn't struck yet. It's true. That could be the case. But there's also, I feel like, a lot of misconception about how common this is. Because you included, my friend, Caroline. She's pointing at me now. Yes, I'm pointing at you now. Oh, God. I'm no longer pointing at the androgen gang (laughs) in the corner. But there have been so many women I've known who have beautiful complexions and not a visible pore. In sight. And yes, I'm still pointing at you who come to find out also have issues with with skin 
And so I, I feel like this is so much more more common than we might assume as we're sitting there staring at ourselves in like the giant magnified mirror, looking in horror at our blackheads and whiteheads and pimples. Oh, yeah. So many like skin soothing masks. I have one of those tweezer men zip popper things. I'm, oh, I, you know, and I bet, I bet there are people out there like estheticians and, and women who do facials and, and all of that jazz who are like, oh my God, a, a, a lay person trying to pop her own pimples. I know. I know it's horrifying. I know this might be a TMI question, Caroline, but do you derive a certain yes. sense of satisfaction from <laughs> popping a pimple? Yes. And I don't, I don't go crazy. I don't try to like, uh, I don't want to gross anybody out. I don't I don't try to like go crazy on things that look like maybe they're not ready for their time to come. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, I do I you know, I can't be walking around with a white head. Yeah, I'm the same way. I I really enjoy popping a pimple and let's not even get into the realm of relationship intimacy when you find yourself or the person you might be marrying soon, <laughs> popping each other's pimples. Cause I know for some people that's completely disgusting. Um, but in my relationship, it totally happens and we're not grossed out about it. And the look of horror on Caroline's face right now is so strong. It's not pure horror. It's horror mixed with hysterical disbelief. And I do mean the floating womb type of hysteria. It is one of those when when it happens. I mean, it doesn't happen all the time. We're not sitting around like face pimples. uh, Sometimes. I mean, I'll be honest. Are there times when my fiance walks up to me with like a gleam in his eye and has seen a pimple on my face that he really wants to pop? (laughs) Yes, because he also enjoys popping pimples. And this is just a bonus, I guess, of relationships. I'm blushing so hard right now, (laughs) by the way. And this is like my eyebrows. It's the least sexy thing I could be sharing. Um, and I do worry sometimes in these moments when we're collectively delighted <laughs> over each other's pimples that is this intimacy gone too far? Are we sacrificing all of the magic only for the temporary joy of a pimple popped? I don't have an answer for you. Only That's only something that you can know, Kristen. I take it this is not a boyfriend, dog, girlfriend, dog situation, too? No. Well, the thing is, my boyfriend has perfect skin. And What's he always has. I don't know. He's got perfect vision and perfect skin. And I'm the one who... Like had was like wearing glasses in sixth grade, couldn't see already, and breaking out all over the place. So I don't know what his secret is other than he's one of those lucky guys who doesn't break out. Maybe we need to get those two in the podcast and share their side of the stories. <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, listeners, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come right back with some very entertaining facts about how people used to treat their acne, which did not include your fiance popping her own pimples for you. <laughs> So, Caroline, there is a delightful aspect to this conversation. Oh? And it's not its not sebum. It's not our little Ugh. Italian bacteria running around. But old school acne remedies. Because the thing about it is our concerns over our acne, especially as women, 
is nothing new. Oh, no. I mean, think about going back to Edwardian and Victorian eras, how important a woman's complexion was. Because you wouldn't be wearing all the same color. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kind of makeup, obviously, that we have today that is magic. But even before that, you had thick makeup being more associated with prostitutes and actresses who were for a long time considered basically a step away from prostitutes. So having a clear complexion was of the utmost importance for so many of these women. Well, yeah, especially for the Victorian women who thought that blackheads were flesh worms crawling out of their skin. Yeah, we found this uh, historical note over at Exo Vein. And I love slash hate the imagery of that. It's kind of hilarious. Um, but they would remedy in similar ways as we might today. They would steam Mm-hmm. But they would also uh, do sulfur treatments. They would alternate steam and sulfur to clear out all those flesh worms. Oh, come on. Well, now I'm picturing the little uh, cockney worm from the movie Labyrinth. Hello. Did you just say hello? Now I said hello and scene. Um, it's, <laughs> it's worth noting uh, that in 1902, Sears 
was selling Dr. Rose's arsenic complexion wafers. And the ad is hysterical, mainly. And I mean this in the funny way, not the uterus way. Um, mainly because they super duper emphasize how safe this arsenic is, ladies. So take it for those flesh worms. Unlike that poisonous arsenic. Right. These arsenic waivers are totally <laughs> fine. And, and judging by though, the number of advertisements, uh, that came up in, in my very scientific Google image search, because yes, I wanted to see how this was advertised. It was pretty popular. This whole arsenic wafer complexion. So all I'm saying is maybe, uh, maybe I'm going to get my hands on some <laughs> Dr. Roses, go on a little eBay hunt. No, look, I get it. Like when you struggle with, uh, adult hormonal cystic acne, like you will try anything. And, and I have literally read women's testimonials saying such when you start Googling and land on message boards and things like that for women talking about acne. I mean, these people will literally try anything. And and that includes things that are known to harm your skin. So it's not so surprising that arsenic complexion wafers were all the jam back in the day. Well, yeah, I mean, like, and and speaking to that, it's not just Vanity of like, oh, well, my skin doesn't look good. I can't possibly go out in public. But also the pain of cystic acne. That's Mm -hmm. something that we didn't even get into where if you have really intense cystic acne, even just hair brushing against your face. Oh, yeah. See this one right here? I'm pointing to one on my cheek. It's like it's it's shrinking down a little bit now. But when it first popped up, it was really painful. I had to sleep on the other side of the pillow. Oh, Oh, face. My face had to be facing. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it hurt. Well, you know what else hurt? Chastity pimples. (laughs) How about that for a segue, Caroline? I love it. Um, I enjoyed this highlight from 20th century acne history uh, that apparently into the 1930s, Zits were called chastity pimples, especially if they were on girls, because they were associated with both abstinence and also masturbation. So there's always been this like strange moralizing of acne as well, because for a long time we I mean, it's always been considered kind of dirty Mm -hmm. and by extension, a reflection of your moral character if we're going back into progressive Edwardian, especially Victorian times. If if we're getting super waspy, that's that is the assumption that we tend to make about people with acne, that they are just not you're just not doing a good enough job cleaning your face. And it's like, oh, my God, as any person who struggles with acne will tell you, trust me, I am cleaning my face. (laughs) Well, and also the misunderstanding that, oh, if I wash my face more, it's going to get worse. Friend, you clearly don't know how sebum works. Oh, it just pumps out. When you strip it all away, you, you've mm-hmm. got to have some oil. Come on, because then it just makes your face angry. Your face is like, oh, you're going to take all my oil, huh? Huh? Well, here's some more. I'm going to a butter buffet. Uh, coming back. Mm, dip some shrimp in that. I really feel like I'm ruining butter for you. It's <laughs> so fine. Sorry. Nothing can truly ruin butter for me, even this conversation. But that whole moralizing of acne, I think, still affects us today. Because um, some of the articles we were reading noted how... This is not a life-threatening condition. You can live to be as old as you want <laughs> with zits on your face. So why why do we worry so much about it? Why are we shelling out all this money? Why are we going to these doctors? What's going on? Well, because it has a psychological impact on us as well. Not to mention, yes, the pain aspect and discomfort. But there's also the perception. We know 
that people look at us differently if we have especially visible acne. Yeah. And still, I think that lingering association of acne with dirtiness. Yeah. And I mean, I don't even know if you could call it lingering. I still think it's like full-fledged, a full-fledged assumption by a lot of people. Well, and if we look at tabloid culture today and how female celebrities especially are scrutinized, uh, reading up for this podcast made me think, A, of proactive commercials. Yes. Where <laughs> suddenly, you know, you have like, oh, Jessica Simpson has acne. Okay. I guess I feel better. I guess I'll buy these products. Um, but then you have all of the celebrity tabloid editions where it stars without makeup. Mm-hmm. And it's always hyper close-ups to show that, hey, look, doesn't she look terrible? Look at her, you know, discolored face and bags in her <laughs> eyes and her hormonal acne. Yeah, if you zoomed out just a little, it should probably look like a normal human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyone, anyone's face blown up looks a little strange. Um, but Caroline, do you think that we are combating this culture at all by the whole no makeup selfie trend? You do see more celebrities, female celebrities choosing to take photos of their acne. I know Lord, for instance, is a big fan of the, the no makeup selfie. I don't know. I mean, a bunch of, Beauty vloggers do that too. Show more and more. I feel like they're coming out and showing their before skin. Um, and I don't know if that, I don't know what effect that really has. You can be like, Oh yeah. Wow. You've also got bad skin just like me or just like whomever. Uh, but then look at how great you are at covering it up. So yeah, I'm kind of like, okay, well, it's great to know how to cover it up effectively, but. Call me back when you've got a solution. Yeah, call me back when it's okay if I don't cover it up. Yes. I mean, I'm I'm not very good about covering up my acne every day. I um I don't know, like foundation feels so heavy on my face that I I just can't do it and especially since I have to paint my face on so meticulously for making videos. Yeah, she completely doesn't have a face. It's really weird. Yeah. No face at all. It's very strange. A little pointillism. I just portrait. see, I just see the Buffalo check shirt floating in front of me. Well, what can we do with the faces that we do have? Unlike me. <laughs> well, okay. So luckily birth control, oral contraceptives do help. They block androgens, which as you would imagine from our preceding conversation, do curb acne. Uh, and oral contraceptives like Yaz and Yasmin are two that were named. I used to be on either of those. I was on Yasmin from the time I was 18 to, I think, 29. And my skin was pretty, it was fine. You know, whatever. It was fine. The occasional pimple, the occasional period breakout or whatever. But when I switched from the pill to the Skyla IUD, which is like Morena's little sister, my skin exploded. And that essentially brings us up to today, if you want the Caroline trivia history. Um, and so Kristen and I were both really curious about that because we both use IUDs and it's like, well, if one birth control knocks pimples out of the park, then why isn't this other one? And it has a lot to do with the hormone progestin. So Skyla, for instance, does not have estrogen. 
Uh, it has the progestin levonorgestrel, which is derived from testosterone. And acne is one of several possible side effects. And of course, though, if you have a copper IUD, which is non-hormonal, it will not then affect your hormonal acne. So you don't have to worry about that. But I remember shortly after I got my IUD going to my dermatologist and being like, help me. What's going on with me? Why am I breaking out like a teenager? And she said, did it start about 90 days after you got your IUD? And I said, yes. And she said, I see it in every patient who comes in with an IUD. That if they are switching from the pill to the IUD, that they end up experiencing hormonal acne. Not that the IUD causes it necessarily. More that I think if you were already prone to it for whatever hormonal or environmental reason that the IUD then, because it doesn't have estrogen, because it has a progestin that's made from testosterone, that it's just going to sort of be a little boost to your natural acne inclinations. Well, and that explains why I now have issues with hormonal acne as well, because I've had my Mirena IUD going on six years now. And because of that, partially, uh, I now go to a dermatologist who has prescribed me Retin-A cream. And Retin-A cream has been kind of like the wonder drug of adult acne. Um, and the way Retin-A cream works is by causing our skin cells to divide more rapidly and making them less likely to clog. So in that whole uh, zit production, it sort of um, makes it harder for all that gunk to get stuck in those uh, clogged pores as well. And uh, the American Academy of Dermatology said in acne patients of any age, dermatologists consider topical retinoids, which are medications that contain vitamin A derivatives, the first line therapy for mid to moderate inflammatory acne accompanied by blackheads and whiteheads. So basically, it's the go to thing. Yeah. Well, I have not tried Retin-A as an adult. It was one of the thousands upon hundreds of millions of products I tried as a teenager when I was breaking out so badly. But back then, it was super harsh on my skin and my skin was always red and inflamed. I didn't have anyone telling me like they do in every women's magazine now that like if you're going to use a retinol product to maybe break it up, maybe use it every other day or every two days uh, rather than using it every single day right out of the gate. Um, I have started using an extremely overpriced uh, retinol night cream that I got at Sephora, which and we'll see how that goes. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about Retin-A. Whether you are gradually doing it or not, it will make your skin worse before it gets better. So that's a fun thing. When you go to the dermatologist because you're so fed up with your acne and you want to do something about it, and she'll be yeah. like, oh, this will make it perfect. But first, you're going to look even worse for like six weeks. Oh, good. Don't worry. Great. Uh, but my newest, uh, the newest item in my acne arsenal is spironolactone. Yeah. So this is a diuretic, actually. It was first developed in the 50s, late 50s, and used to treat hypertension and patients with heart failure. But those ever-vigilant doctors noticed, mainly because women were telling them, uh, that it was helpful for alleviating polycystic ovarian syndrome symptoms, but also... Snag a job is where America goes to hire, with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position 
warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Oh, helping clear up these women's skin. Yeah, so the way it works is by affecting the way androgens are produced, and essentially it blocks the receptors and androgen cells that tell skin glands to produce more sebum and contribute to acne. And the way I think it was Racked Magazine described it was that it also mops up excess testosterone. Caroline's pointing excitedly. Well, no, because I wrote that down on my notes, too, because I thought it was so freaking disgusting. Oh, I just thought it was such a delightful image of like this little janitor. <laughs> we have. I love how we have such completely different perceptions. Let's bring in more acne characters. All right, let's let's bring back the mustachio janitor from Futurama. He can be sweeping he's mopping up. up. He's our spiralactone, spironolactone. I mean. Yeah, he's mopping it up. Or or it could be, I guess, the mops and brooms from Fantasia, the magical magical testosterone mop. But you know what? I bet if one of our talented illustrator listeners could could make this cast of characters really cute and adorable, then maybe acne wouldn't seem so bad, you know? We just, uh, we could teach how zits are formed with, you know, just like fun, cute, little, little adorable people. Yeah, send those to us right away. Caroline <laughs> uh, needs it. I need them. But, okay, well, so the thing with this medicine, though, is that it still has not been approved by the FDA for acne prevention Use, but my dermatologist actually prescribed it to me. I did a little bit of research and realized that because it was originally a hypertension drug, 
and I have incredibly low blood pressure anyway, that it was not such a good idea for me. And of course, there are other side effects, potential side effects anyway, like the lower blood pressure I just mentioned. Also, potassium retention, increased urination, menstrual irregularities, and breast tenderness. And some people on the Internet uh, also reported weight gain and decreased muscle mass, saying that if you're an athlete, you might want to just be careful if you're on it. Yeah, before I was prescribed, I had to get an EKG to make sure that my blood pressure could withstand it. And I passed with flying colors, <laughs> not to brag, hashtag blessed. What's your what's your normal blood pressure? I don't know, like stressed over, trying to relax. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, mine's mine's typically like 100 over 60 or something. So I felt like I just couldn't really afford to have it drop any lower. But I don't know. Maybe if, if any of you out there really have low blood pressure and take this medicine, just let me know. Question mark. Well, do you have any interest in blue light therapy? Because this seems like the newest, hottest thing, because the way blue light therapy and apparently there's red light therapy as well. Mm-hmm. The way it works is by supposedly killing those propioni bacterium acnes. It mm. wipes out our Vespa gang. <laughs> it doesn't get rid of your androgens, just those pesky bacteria with the Italian accents. Um, yeah, you're supposed to sit under this blue light one time a week for about six to eight weeks. And I, I did a little Googling because I definitely treated this research like it was my own. Uh, for my own personal problems. And I was like, wait, 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 you can get a blue light thing at Sephora. And I started reading about it. And a bunch of people like a bunch of people said, yes, it worked wonders. A whole other slew of people said it did nothing. And then there was another group of people who said it actually made their acne worse. And so I tried to Google some more stuff about it. I'm sure that it works. It's supposed to sort of help dry up that bacteria, dry up that acne. Um, but I didn't find anything in my very cursory <laughs> glance at Google that was like, yes, definitely, definitely do this. And here's why it definitely works. I'm skeptical of it. Yeah, it seems kind of like woo woo science stuff. But hey, I I as someone who has gone to an acupuncturist to fight migraines, if it works for you, it works for you. Well, and let's talk about some lifestyle tips as well as we wrap up, because these don't cost a thing just like love (laughs) and are, are really just healthy Overall, and a lot of this stuff, many of our listeners have probably heard before, but we'll talk about why it matters. The first thing, regulating stress, the fact that my blood pressure is stressed over trying to relax, over <laughs> always anxious, um, promotes acne because the stress hormone cortisol gets broken down when I get really stressed out into androgens. And they're the androgens again. And we all know what androgens do. They ramp up those butter buckets. That's right. Gross. Um, but don't even think that popping out for a smoke break is going to help you to relax and reduce those breakouts. Uh, according to the Journal of the American Academy of Dermatology, smoking itself can spark a breakout. They found an association between smoking and adult acne, specifically whiteheads and blackheads in women. But if you do want to comfort eat, you can do some of that. Uh, but the greasy food thing is not the issue. It's not the grease. If we go back to our acne pizza, <laughs> that grease on the pepperonis isn't the problem. It's more the crust. No. I know. Uh, according to the Mayo Clinic, studies have found that dietary factors, including dairy products and carb-rich foods, 
like some of my favorite things, bread, bagels, and chips, may trigger acne. And NPR looked deeper into this issue, and scientists seem to think that it's the high glycemic foods, like white bread pasta crackers, that highly refined um, food that leads to blood sugar spikes, which then promotes the acne, because blood sugar then tinkers with our hormones that, of course, will trigger sebum overproduction. Yeah, and and several different things we looked at in terms of the difference between adult acne versus teenage acne. A lot of these sources talked about the issue of drier skin. So as you get older, your oil production slows, your your skin kind of evens out in that regard. But it is that drier skin issue that can contribute to acne. I know, I've noticed with my own skin that when the weather turns cold, the humidity gets zapped out of the air. I break out right at the change of the seasons because it is that that dryness. But if you're drinking, that's also going to dry your skin out. So wine and pizza night. Is, has been ruined for me. Yeah, we'll replace it with, um, water and, um, water and broccoli night. We could just juice. Go back to our juicing podcast. That's what we'll do. There we go. Um, yeah, alcohol, of course, contains sugar. And so that can tinker with our skin and our hormones. And of course, it dehydrates us. And when it comes to skincare basics, staying hydrated is really important getting enough sleep, making sure that all those moisturizers and potions that we're putting on our face are non-comedogenic, meaning they won't clog our pores. What else, Caroline? A lot of things you'll see online recommend switching to those free detergents, meaning scent-free, dye-free that are supposed to irritate sensitive skin less. You should definitely be switching out your pillowcases and your towels like every couple of days. I know that sounds ridiculous, but when all that bacteria and skin cells and oil gets trapped in all those fibers, you're just rubbing it back into your skin. So do yourself a favor and change them every couple days. Well, now, listeners, do you have tips on adult acne? And is is this ringing true for you as well? MomStuffAtHowStuffWorks.com is where you can send all of your dermatological thoughts. You can also tweet us at MomStuffPodcast or message us on Facebook. And if anything, I think that we just really need to take advantage of the camaraderie of Lady Acne. Because, y'all, it's a fact of life. And now we have some letters to share with you, from you. I have a letter here from Rachel in response to our episode on Lube. She says, hey, CNC, I love the show and how you both inform and entertain listeners at the same time. I was really excited to see that you were going to talk about lube this episode and was not disappointed at your take on the subject. I never understood why lube was considered so controversial, since in my experience as a cis woman, lube only helps and makes things more fun, whether I'm with a partner or alone. I'm kind of the mom friend in my group, and one of my unofficial hats as the mom friend is talking with my friends, some of whom are a few years younger than me, about sex positivity. I'm always advocating lube, so much so that if anyone has a question about it, I'm the one to turn to. Kind of a funny and unexpected role to have, but I fully embrace it. I've used a bunch of different lubes, but my go-to is Sliquid H2O. It's a little pricey, $12 usually, but you get so much use out of it and it lasts a long time. It's glycerin and paraben-free and vegan as well. Really anything in the Sliquid line of products I trust. 
This liquid sassy gel is good for anal lubricant because it's thicker but is still water-based. Since I use silicone toys a lot, I just stick with water-based lubes to be safe. You don't want to grab the wrong bottle in the heat of the moment. Another thing I wanted to mention was flavored lubes. From what I understand, flavored lube is only to be used for oral sex or external stimulation because the chemicals that make the flavoring aren't orifice-friendly. It depends by brand, of course, but it's worth looking into a lube's ingredients before you buy it. Those are all my thoughts on lube and the episode. You were really comprehensive, and I heard some things I'd never learned about before, so thank you for that. Keep up the great work on the show. And Rachel, you keep up the great work being you. Thank you. Well, I've got a letter here from Lily about our hashtag blessed episode, or our episode, if you're listening to it before dinner. She writes, Hi, long-time listener here to chime in on the lucky girl blessed discussion in the most recent episode. I'm in college and still at an age where I and most of my friends are heavily financially supported by parents. When I see someone I went to school with post a holiday or vacation picture or a picture in an expensive restaurant with the hashtag lucky girl or blessed, I actually find it quite refreshing because they're acknowledging how lucky they are to get those travel opportunities. You talked about lucky girl and blessed as annoying because they make light of the amount of hard work people put into achieving things. I see that, but I also think it's grating when people make it sound like they've achieved things purely off their own backs rather than through familial help and support. To me, the use of lucky serves to acknowledge that, almost serving as a privilege check. Love the podcast. So thanks, Lily. And I think that that is a completely valid perspective on that because, yeah, we need to acknowledge where uh, where our success comes from, whether it's from ourselves or others. And if you have letters to share with us, momstuffathowstuffworks.com is our email address. And for links to all of our social media, as well as all of our blogs, videos, and podcasts with our sources, including this one, so you can learn more about adult acne, head on over to stuffmomnevertoldyou.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it is closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive 
and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions.